We've got quite a few team members here. I'm Taylor. I'm the founder and I'm the lead investigator. And we actually don't have Sarah on this time, who you've already met, but we've got uh, GM Reem up in the corner here. We've got Sam down here. They'll, they'll say hi and introduce themselves a little better. Hi. Hi, I'm Reem. I'm a location scout and a researcher. Hi, guys. I'm G. I'm a location scout. I do some filming and I'm part of the research as well. Hey, I'm Sam. I'm a pre-investigator, admin assistant, and base control. Yeah. Got some good stuff covered there. Everyone's got a few roles. It's super helpful. We'll do a little bit of investigating, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Some things like before investigations, some things after. Um, so yeah, and there's a few members not here um, who you will meet eventually. And Kyle, who's coming in any minute now in the next probably 10, 15 minutes, we'll see him. And the topic today is astral projection um or really just any kind of form of like extended consciousness i would call it like an out-of-body experience uh some people might call it a near-death experience there's a little bit more broad um even strange sort of things like by location um, where people are kind of in two places at once or have two perspectives at once um remote viewing is probably a form of astral projection more like instead of projecting your soul somewhere you're just kind of projecting your vision i guess so lots of different kinds of you know extended consciousness um whether it's really like extended consciousness or not we don't really know there's a few different things that can maybe cause the feeling of being out of your body um you know like things like medical conditions and like gravity uh, I know like pilots, um, when they're really high and they have like a, you know, a gravitational shift, they've had experiences where they like have out of body experiences, uh, emotional trauma, you know, like uh, depersonalization stuff like that. So it's that fine line of trying to figure out, you know, those things are for sure can happen. Those medical things, we know that, but is there also maybe a different function that we can maybe train ourselves to do that really has to do with our soul, you know, and I think that what would make astral projection compelling and interesting in a way that we can maybe say that it is like our spirit is our interaction with like an objective reality, right? Some way that we could prove it, which a lot of people have said would be like, if we hide something, you know, up on a shelf, like a, a number or a shape that you can possibly know, and but you would have to float up there in order to see it. And then you would you know, tell it back. Something like that, where you could prove that you're not in like a dream world. It's not a dream. It's not a hallucination. You really did actually leave your body and interact with like the real world that everyone else experiences, right? Objective reality. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. There is a blog uh, already up from last week's blog where we go in to like a bit more of a deep dive where we talk about some of the studies that have been done with a little bit of evidence that shows that it definitely could be possible and talks a lot more deeply about like the medical stuff. But for now, we're just going to like chit chat about like what you guys think of, of astral projection. Like, do, do you think that's possible? Do you think it's real? Have you ever done it? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never experienced it to be honest. Uh, I, I work in palliative care. So I hear a lot of stories of people 
um, having near-death experiences and, and hovering over their body or seeing other people um, when they are unconscious. Uh, but I have never actually witnessed it myself or heard a first-hand experience from it. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm pretty skeptical on a lot of it. And I don't believe that anyone has actually done what you said and been able to, you know, be able to identify something objectively. Right. Um, but so it's more of a perspective shift. Yeah. I, almost like if you have experience in it, if you've seen that thing before, you can visualize it in your mind. Mm -hmm. Is more way, we, don't, we don't dream about faces we've never seen, for example. Maybe. That's what the that's what they say at least that you every face that you like dream of it has to be a face you've already seen in real life because our brain can't like create things like that. Oh, maybe something neat. similar where we our subconscious already knows what maybe the ceiling area looks like and then we piece it together from a different point of view maybe. Yeah, you're in a really cool like field of work to be for stuff like that. You know, for the field that we're in, palliative <laughs> care is like right towards the end, right? So. Yeah, for sure. And I'm still new in the field, but it's um, it's commonly, there's some interesting things that are often um, a, a sign that somebody is close to passing away. And in the medical world, people will still very frequently see their loved ones who have passed and reach up towards them. And it's just a well-known phenomenon, and but unexplained. So. Yeah. There's a lot that we don't know about and we probably won't know about until we are spirits of our own. Yeah, I agree. And lots of claims I find of uh, their living relatives getting like a little apparition of them right before they actually died. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's interesting. Or maybe at the moment where they just had died, getting almost like a visitation from far away and just instinctively mm -hmm. knowing like something's wrong and then they call or something, they find out they've just died. And it's like, how do you explain that? strange coincidence, you know, how else would they know that something was off enough to reach out? And then, you know, how do they see that? That's another thing too, is like the apparitions of the astral projection. Can we see that the way we would see a ghost, you know? Are there reported sightings or like evidence of people actually seeing astral projectors too, right? So that was stuff that I was looking for in the research. And I did, I mean, I found claims like those aren't, that's not substantial enough really but there's definitely claims all over the world of seeing people who are confirmed like were alive they didn't die at any point they were in a coma for example um or yeah they had a near-death experience but then there was their spirit was seen like as a ghost somewhere else you know someone thought it was they were dead and then find out that was a living person which is crazy i mean we could be on an investigation one day looking for ghosts or whatever and we could actually see the spirit of someone who's in a coma up the street at the hospital or something you know which is kind of crazy to think about that we might not be dealing with the dead we might be dealing with just consciousness in general uh, just escaped consciousness you know that would be pretty neat yeah but there are weird things that happen in that moment of death even like cats jumping on the bed right in hospitals knowing that they're about to die um yeah, uh, seeing things or talking to things that aren't there, and those, you know, and it could be things firing off in, in their brains in those moments, you know, when they're degenerating, obviously. But it's interesting to think about. Uh, it's a cool, uh, cool field. It's a sad field that you work in, but 
it's definitely fascinating to be right when they're on that precipice, right? You know, Absolutely, yeah. What about you guys? Do you guys believe that it's possible? Uh, well, I like I don't know how related is that, but I had uh, maybe a couple years ago uh, incident that happened with me personally. It was with my dad and um, his uncle. His was like his only uncle. Uh, he was very sick and he was like on the bed, like just waiting for him to die. And uh, he wasn't able really to see him because he was in a different country. So once my dad like had a chance to go and see him, literally a couple hours later after he left, like he went to see him and everything. Mm -hmm. And after he left and we just got a phone call that he died. Yeah. It's, it's not really explainable. So I, I don't know how. Yeah, like people being able to control their consciousness. Right? Mm -hmm. You hear about that where they hold on for like even just the last 10 minutes or just to see that last family member and then immediately they it's like they let themselves go yeah. it's kind of crazy to think that you could you control death to some degree you know maybe within the day or so you you can hold on for a little longer you can hold your consciousness inside your body maybe which is almost the opposite of astral projection i guess and then you can decide to release it and he stayed there like for for a couple days. He he doesn't like he didn't go just for a visit and a couple hours. He stayed there for a couple of days, and he's like, okay, I like really have to go, and I will come back. And once he left, he he died like a couple hours, maybe hour and a half later. Yeah, maybe you just needed to have that sort of closure, you know. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I, I definitely believe in like a soul or a consciousness. I believe in like the difference between the mind and the brain itself, you know. I don't know if there's necessarily a ton of evidence to back it up, but I know that there's not a ton of not evidence to back it up. I know that it's just an unknown territory for neurologists and scientists and even in the quantum world. So I think it's fair to, you know, speculate and, and believe because it's not like one of those pseudoscientific things where there's tons of evidence to say that it doesn't exist. It's yeah. just, just no one really has any idea. And there are some instances where there's a little evidence that it's it's possible, you know, um, beyond just claims of people seeing, you know, spirits of the living or of the dead. There are like lab studies that have been done for astral projection and they've kind of gone okay. Like there have been a lot of inconclusive ones for sure, but there's been a couple incidences that were very like, I'm like, I don't know, beyond probable chance of happening. Like someone did one time see something way high on a shelf in a controlled sort of lab environment. There's a five digit number. So, I mean, that's a long sequence, you know, in order and everything. And they did get that number right on, I think, the fourth night. So they didn't get it right away. But they also weren't able to fall asleep easily. And, like, you know, you can't, like, astral project on command. That's not reasonable, you know. But on the fourth night, they were able to do that. Now, there's a little speculation about how controlled the environment was, whether they were being monitored every second or if they could have gotten out of bed and, like, you know, gone up. it was not a perfect experiment. But... Um, I mean, I, I would think that someone was monitoring, you know, the room. They'd have to climb really high to get to like a high shelf and, yeah. you know, attached to uh, electrodes and stuff. So 
yeah, that one is uh, not perfect, but it's interesting. And there was, they did with kittens, like I was saying, like cats kind of detecting death. There was also a study with kittens trying to detect um, astral projectors. So I think it was the owner of, of the kitten was supposedly, you know, an avid astral projector and, and they uh, tried to do it on command in sort of a controlled studied setting. And when they did astral project um, supposedly into the room where the kitten was, they wanted to see if the, the cat would react at all to any sort of presence in the room and stuff. And, and pretty infallibly the cat did uh, get much quieter and calmer when the owner was, when their spirit was in the room, um, in a, you know, in a, in a measurable way. You know, because there were other times where there were control tests and stuff. Is that a cat? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know where it came from. Must have astro projected here. <laughs> that, that comment, though, reminded me of um, when we were doing that investigation at Lorraine Yale Prison and G's dog was staring at the wall behind me. And we were yeah. wondering, what on earth is he staring at? And we had that comment on the, uh, the form saying that there was a spirit there of my dead grandmother so maybe True. maybe junior the dog was looking at grandma yeah we don't know <laughs> yeah all right we've got a blog on that too like the uh just the sensitivities of animals and kids you know and the possibility that they can detect things that we can't and they certainly have a different spectrum of senses than we do it not necessarily better or worse just different just different type of vision different area of the spectrum that they can see um so i mean it's possible that they're catching some uh maybe some infrared uh slight uv some things that exist in other parts of the light spectrum that we don't see it is possible they could be seeing those things so babies too like well young kids um and then our our hearing and our sight changes eventually as we get older but yeah, or just even their, even if it's not their physical senses, just maybe their instincts. If you think about just that, they're not they're not jaded by society and, uh, you know the, the skepticism <laughs> of society. They're just neutral and open. They haven't been told like, oh, that's not possible. You know, over and over again, right? So they don't really have any expectations or preconceived notions. They just exist neutrally so maybe that openness is what allows them to sense things just more intuitively and and uh, just have their senses more open you know That's super interesting i was having uh lunch with a friend this week and he was making a comment on how i'm interested in working with children with older people who are palliative care and in the supernatural world and he commented those are all within the same line. So children are at the very beginning of life. Other people are at the very end of life. And then we have that supernatural world around. So I never really thought of that before, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's spiritually cool. connected areas. Yeah. Yeah, they're both reaching that, that line. They either just came from the line or they're just at the finishing line, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. an interesting spot to be, you know, or, or People who are sick, maybe who have like, you know, very serious illness, probably exist to some degree on a slightly different frequency than, you know, really vital people who are nowhere near the end of their life. And uh, and you, if you listen to their experiences, you can just tell that they've 
got more of that intuition. They're just a little wiser, you know. They just, I don't know, they, it's like they just know things that we don't, you know, they're experiencing things just that we can't really grasp. For sure. You know? <laughs> and even dogs are often thought, or have often detected, you know, disease or that yeah. something is wrong. And it's, that's why we have guide dogs too, or service dogs, because they can sense things that normal people can't. And it's super, it's so crazy. So it's super feasible for children to be able to sense something that we as adults can't understand. Yeah. Do you have any like memories from like being a small kid of things that are maybe kind of sketchy now that you like maybe that was a ghost or something? I was a weird kid, so I don't know what was real and what wasn't. <laughs> I went through hard. a vampire stage and oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I it's hard <laughs> we can leave that in the past. <laughs> enough time goes by, you like question yourself. You're like, I don't know if that was real. That could literally be like a, a, a manufactured memory after all this time, you know? Absolutely. I had a pretty crazy experience when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, um, I would don't know how you would classify it, if it's like out of body experience or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I was about 10 years old and I got run over by a car. And uh, literally, like, I was dead there on the spot. You know what I mean? I felt like where I was, I was in, like, a black room with just a door open. Mm -hmm. And um, there's just a man standing there, and he said it wasn't my time. And they are pumping my chest with the machine, and literally I felt my body fall back. Yeah. And then uh, there's just a whole bunch of people around me, and then I was rusted to you. Like I said, I was 10 years old. Damn, that's crazy. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. you've, you've had like a near-death experience. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like that was something profound? Does it feel spiritual? Or do you think that it was like a ba brain I, chemistry thing going on? I don't know how to like classify it, but it's something that I remember to this day, like really clear. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. remember being in this room. It was like completely black. Like I just said, I don't know what to classify it under, you know, and I started talking. So I'm like, okay, I guess this is kind of an out of body experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, like I said, I was, I was pronounced dead and they're using the machine on me. And all I remember before coming back is that I was in a room and it's completely black and there's a door, there's white mm -hmm. light. And a man was dressed in white and he said it wasn't my time yet. And literally I just felt myself fall back into my body. Wow. Yeah, people like, report that feeling of being like like sucked like a vacuum back into their body. And I've experienced that because I've tried to astral project before um, quite a bit like in the past. And I don't know if I've ever like succeeded, but I think I've maybe lifted a little bit, but the feeling, I just remember this, the feeling was so strong, like heavy to pull back into my body. Like it was almost painful, that detachment feeling. Yeah. When I went online to sort of, uh, like I was on Reddit or whatever, looking at other people who had had that similar, similar experiences astral projecting. And they're all describing that it was really hard in the beginning to separate from their body. like. Like it really wasn't, you know, a natural thing, but they had to train almost to get that strength to finally like actually like peel away from their physical body. And yeah. it took like, you know, tons of training to just leave the bed, you know, and go a little further, a little further, a little further. And the whole time you're feeling cool because you're still attached by like a cord. Like so many people describe this, this type of cord um, connection to their physical body. 
like an astronaut almost, you know, kind of floating away, but you've still got that, you know, anchor. And, uh, and gets, yeah, <laughs> eventually it gets easier and you can start going off into the world, you know, but I just don't think I ever made it that far. You're in such a, like a fragile state of mind too, because you're like almost asleep. Like your, your body kind of has to be asleep, but your mind has to be awake. And so you just push it too hard, you wake up, you know, or not hard enough, you fall asleep. And so it's really hard to actually like be lucid and training something, you know, in that time. Um, well, not just going over to the edge one way or another. And it's also hard to know if it was real because you are partially asleep. And it easily kind of mimics what a, a sleep paralysis could look like, except less, you know, scary. But people definitely do see, you know, figures and stuff sometimes when they astral project. So then you have to wonder, well, is it sleep paralysis demons? You know, it's this thing that your brain is, is doing because you're literally half dreaming. Or is it that they've actually entered some sort of astral dimension where ghosts and other dimensional beings live and those are actual dangerous or not dangerous like entities, you know, objective other entities that aren't a figment of their imagination, basically, you know? Now, has there ever been any videos of like people doing it, recording for a span of 12 hours and someone trying to do this and like what their body does or anything? Or you haven't seen anything like that? People have definitely tried to, so there were a couple experiments. Someone tried to measure the weight of the soul. Um, this, there was like a, a movie made about this, like a Hollywood movie. This was a very famous experiment, but it was a kind of old experiment. And so it wasn't done super great. It didn't have the best technology. They didn't have the scientific method really down. There were some flawed aspects, but they did think that the soul measured 21 grams. So he basically measured, uh, you know, a person on a measured um, bed, like it had a weight, like a scale. <laughs> and right before they died, I think he did it with dogs too. And at the moment of death, hi Kyle. Hello. Sorry, sorry that I'm uh, my tardiness here. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. We'll let everyone know you're gonna pop in a little later. Yeah. Yeah, we're just, uh, I'm just talking about um, a study that was done to try to measure the soul. Mm -hmm. I think this was in like the earliest 1900s, but yeah, so they measured these people right at the, before the moment of death and then the moment that they died. They were obviously already dying naturally. Right. Actually, the dogs were, I don't think, I think they like killed the dogs, but it was a long time ago. Things were not cool <laughs> back then, but. That's so epic. Um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I was listening to backstage. Um, yeah, and you're right. Um, soul, like soul, is the energy, right? Basically, and uh, so the second law of thermodynamics is uh, you cannot destroy energy. It could change forms, but yeah. you cannot. Uh, it can. You cannot make. It, it can't come out of nothing. You know, or disappear so it just changes states right? right which which you know is a, a huge factor that leads me to believe that there could be you know consciousness because we do have our atoms vibrate like we have energy for sure we have thermal energy you know we have electric energy and magnetic energy to us that energy like it has to go somewhere when your corporal being starts to rot away and stuff there's still pent-up energy from all the vibration that was happening you know from your cells when you're alive has to go somewhere but that's what this study was they were trying to measure it the moment it left to see what the difference of weight would be to see what it might weigh 
and he got 21 grams, but he did it a few times, like I said, with some dogs, with some humans, and it varied. There was no difference with dogs, which led him to believe that dogs don't have a soul, which is also confirmed in the Bible. So they're really religious back then. So it could have been mm -hmm. like a confirmation bias thing, or mm -hmm. there were some aspects of the study that were definitely flawed. And most people believe that it doesn't have any real weight to it, pun intended, but <laughs> mm -hmm. it's interesting. I mean, no one's debunked it entirely. I don't think anyone's really tried to do it again. So it'd be interesting to try to do it in a proper controlled, you know, study and see what happens. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, and there's also been photography. People have tried to take photos the moment that that has happened, but the technology that they were using is not really proven because we don't know what the soul is made out of. So how would we know like what kind of camera is going to capture it? So they're using mm -hmm. a different kind of like a light capturing camera. I don't know exactly what it was called, but yeah. And they thought yeah, it was like, it was yeah, you, you, it's all in the sensors, right? And uh, that yeah. <laughs> that's what I am par partly what I'm working on. I'd love to, you know, get a little closer anyways, maybe to catch a little more of this because the, the previous team we were on, I mean, you know, they just weren't working, eh, the, the, the setup. And mm -hmm. so there's got to be something different than the normal, you know, the normal CCTV or TV, any TV yeah. camera. Well, yeah, uh, I want to have fun with equipment and, and try to test the equipment. It's hard when there's no reference point, right? Like you take consciousness and there's no reference points anywhere around it in science because we don't mm -hmm. know like anything about it. So we don't know what it's made of. So how can we measure it? We don't know what kind of machines to make to measure it because we don't know what function they need. Like mm -hmm. when you're just missing a long bridge to something and you're trying to study the thing at the other end of the bridge without the bridge, it's like yeah. we are missing so many pieces to get there that it's almost impossible to properly prove anything. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. How do we measure it if we don't know what it is, right? It's the same mm -hmm. as spirits. So, I mean, that's why what we do is just the elimination method. We don't know what it is or how to measure it, but we know what it's not. And we know how to measure those things, right? Mm -hmm. So if we can prove what it's not and get rid of all those things, then we're left with something that probably is whatever yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. We can't say what it is exactly, but we can tell mm -hmm. people, here's a thing. And we've done our best to get rid of all the things that we know around it. And we're left with this mystery make yeah. of that what you will, you know, and that's evidence. And eventually you stack evidence until it becomes mm -hmm. proof, you know? Yeah. And, and, and keep at it. And one day you could stumble on it, you know, uh, not really knowing, <laughs> you know, just trying different things. That's what I'm doing. Eh? And uh, it's a puzzle. So we got to put those puzzles yeah. and it has to be one after the other. Cause we can't skip steps. You know, if we're finding evidence of like, ghosts but we don't have any of the pieces in between to prove that it's a ghost like mm -hmm. it's useless but if we are actually taking steps in these scientific fields and we can get actual like scientists on board with what we do which is why we're so strictly like scientific about it is so that we have credibility to hopefully get some real resources and like funding from the scientific communities to actually explore these parts of consciousness and quantum and life in general then you can start actually slowly understanding these things. You know, the more that we study the brain, the more that we study dreams, the more that we study meditation, things like that. That's how you get one piece, one in front of the other. And then all the rest of the stuff that we found will make sense when we finally can get there, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're working way far past 
into something that is just beyond understanding, you know, which makes mm -hmm. it super interesting, but it's hard to know what to do with that, with the things that we catch and, and to know even how to try to capture those types of things. Cause we don't know if the equipment we're using is right. We just, we just have to trial and error it, you know, we have mm -hmm. to go off what other paranormal investigators have been doing and what kind of things haven't worked or, what patterns would they, we've noticed, you know, that's all we have. I know we're, uh, well, we're in general, I don't mean our team, but in general, this paranormal society are a little further off in the video end of things than the uh, the audio end of things. I understand the audio a lot more than, than the visual. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, they don't have vocal cords, right? Uh, so it's, it's some kind of... Um, uh, sound is uh, there, it's just pressure and waves, right? The, the, yeah. The signals and uh, so in, we know I know how to measure the frequencies and signals and whatnot, and but how how they're doing it, you know. So that's that's a mystery too, eh? Like it's not yeah. that's why you get so much of that raspy whispering. It, there's no vocal cords, eh? So it's it's being yeah. done some other way, you know. There's and, no physical force causing the vibration yeah. like our yeah. you know larynx does to make a sound mm. so it's weird to think that this ether this nothingness you know is somehow making a, a hard sound yeah <laughs> sometimes yeah. even we can hear with our own ears which is pretty crazy when you think about how how loud that actually has to be to really transfer through like multiple dimensions maybe you know uh, yeah the veil eh? yeah piercing oh, yeah. the veil i i'd say and it's happened to me tw uh what two times in a row now mm -hmm. or three times in a row sorry i, I wasn't counting it tattoo parlor uh where there was something heard in real time uh, uh, multiple times uh maybe we were just lucky i guess i don't know but uh it, it's uh hopefully it'll happen more frequently you know like this uh, but sometimes you'll go like a dozen in investigations and not hear or see anything right uh, oh, yeah. in real time anyways and yeah, in real time. I would say rarely it feels like much is happening in real time. Well, it's something really. else. We usually find it later, but yeah. yeah. One neat thing that I've encountered was um, uh, I've worked with sound, but used through bone conduction. So you can actually put in earphones or headphones and lay on a pillow or a platform and hear music, even though it's not actually being heard with your ears. It's being heard through your bones. So if when we we only really recently learned about that sort of thing, so it could be even possible that it's some sort of other sensory input that our brains don't understand how we're processing it yet, but we're interpreting it as being heard, kind of like that bone conduction would have is, been. Is it, so, sorry, is it is it actual music or it's is music, it uh, yeah, major? It's music, but it's transmitted through through bone conduction. So okay. your ears are not actually hearing it but your brain is still interpreting it as music. That's crazy. That's very neat. We know too, like there's a hemispherectomy or something that's called where they, in really severe cases, <laughs> they remove half of your brain, like entirely half of it, right? And it, so there should be no possible way that a human being could like still have language or still have like motility in their limbs and stuff because that entire section of their brain doesn't exist anymore. That's like where the language lives or where the movement lives, right? But there are cases where it's the other half of the brain that's left just 
finds a way to learn those things and people like recuperate almost entirely. Like they can communicate and have movement, even though it, that, those parts don't even exist, you know? So mm. our bodies can like mend and adapt in ways that we don't understand yet. There's something mm. called um, visionless sight as well. I don't know if it's just pseudoscience or not yet. It's something that I didn't explore super deeply. It is related to this a little bit, like with remote viewing and stuff. It's kind of similar. I mentioned it in the blog, but I didn't go into like that rabbit hole this time. It might be a different blog topic, but it's uh, instead of projecting your sight in a consciousness way, like remote viewing is where you close your eyes and you can you know, see a different country accurately, let's say, it's actually like if I had eye, eye and eye mask on and I could read a book in front of me without my eyesight. That's what visionless sight is versus remote viewing. And um, some people claim to be able to do that. There's entire um, organizations that have these like clubs basically of just people that train to do this. They have like, you know, these intense eye masks I actually have one it's got like a little bit of a indentation where the eyes are so it really is quite black and it's all sealed around here with you know spongy so zero light gets in it's completely dark you know and um yeah people apparently over time train themselves to sort of project their consciousness out and just interpret things with their soul basically and it goes back and tells the brain what it saw basically mm. it is like remote viewing but I mean you can do it with the stuff that's right in front of you and right. blind, blind people could potentially, you know, learn to see with other eyes, but that sounds so, fetched because I feel like we'd already be doing that if that was possible. So I don't know how, you know. Is it tailor like a heavy mask or like what's, what's the mask consist of? Like, yeah, I can show you actually just pretty close beside me. They say we only use, you know, just a small percentage of our brain at one time. And I mean, imagine if we were using all of it. So maybe it is just a part of our brain that we still don't know how to tap into. It's like that. I don't know if you ever seen that movie, Sam, where the girl, uh, she's in a foreign country and they got like this drug to use the full. Yeah. Full capacity. Was, there's there. a few like that. Is it Lucy or like the Lucy, that's the one, Lucy. Yeah. Where she takes it and she starts using like more capacity of her brain that she can turn into energy and whatnot you know what i mean so yeah there's a there's a myth you know that you only use 10 percent of your brain but it's not you use 100 percent of your brain but you don't use it all simultaneously or you'd be super um, stimulated so you have the capability to access pretty much every region of your brain but yeah at one time you would only be using like a, a small section like 10 percent or so Oh, wow. that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. So, so a movie uh, about that the remote viewing, um, Taylor, uh, the, the uh, U.S. Army even, uh, well, yeah. not only the and U.S. Army, but the men who stare at goats, right? Yeah. So that, that's a good one. Like that that was a real thing, you know. They they, oh, yeah. they brought in two, uh, people who had that ability and they, they trained them, you know, to spy more or less. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's That's in the blog as well. The the U.S. Army did a ton of experiments, actually. That's fully confirmed and declassified. All the documents are there. They had uh, Project Stargate. They had, 
MK Ultra. They had um, the Philadelphia Project Experiment, yeah. Project Center Lane. Yeah, so they were working with all different kinds of psi abilities and even just like crazy stuff. They were using crystal balls. They're they're mm -hmm. trying to see if witchcraft was real. They were they're doing everything. Mm -hmm. Hip hypnosis. The, uh, do, so do you know about the Philadelphia Experiment? It ties in with the. Uh, what uh what we're talking about uh yeah. basically but it's time traveled as well mm. so they were on this ship in philadelphia uh, that experiment and i don't know what kind of device they had but apparently they did shift into another time but when they came back they were stuck in a in in the hull <laughs> you know so they didn't come back in the exact same spot I heard something about a boat, how they had a big ship and they tried to time yeah. travel or something. With it. Yes, the battle. A lot of crazy uh, stuff. Battle, and whatever, yeah. uh, hard to say if any of it was successful. Mm. You know, well, some, well, the guys so, that did that weren't uh, killed, I guess, they, they, they did say it briefly seen some other realm or time, you know, like uh, they swear by it, but who knows? I, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it just did something to their, you know, region of their brain where they it was a dreaming thing or i don't know but yeah i mean by it. the government's been doing those studies now for probably close to 80 years and i mean if it didn't work they wouldn't still be investing in it but they currently have four million dollars still in the u.s army still has four million dollars invested in bioenergy and mm -hmm. reiki acupuncture so mm -hmm. a lot of these metaphysical like naturopathic types of areas are being studied with a good amount of money like a good amount of budget mm -hmm. so i don't think that's the ones really we know. just know about right <laughs> true yeah mm -hmm. yeah a lot of the things they can't study anymore mm -hmm. because it was like unlawful like the psychedelics and stuff the way they mm -hmm. about that was so dangerous and unconsensual and stuff but um yeah, I mean, they still use psychics and stuff. So I don't know why they would do that if they had like zero success rate, right? There would be no reason to be continuing research or using those services. You know, there's still police departments that use you know, psychics to find missing bodies and things like that. And, you know, it's still very much, uh, there's a market for it. So it has to be working to some degree. But then, mm -hmm. but then you look at like the million dollar challenge, right? Which we also have a blog for and you know, someone was offering a million dollars that they could prove any kind of supernatural ability whatsoever. And there have been tons of these challenges since then. There's one in Quebec right now. You can get $10,000 if you go to Quebec and you can prove literally any psychic ability, ghosts, anything that's like pseudoscientific that the science community doesn't usually regard. You can prove it. Money is yours. And no one has ever won any of these prizes in any of these campaigns, you know. Mm -hmm. And the basis for it, you know, because you might argue, well, maybe they're set up unfairly so they don't have to ever give the money away, you know. But yeah. the basis for the rules of the experiment is decided between the participant and the people holding the campaign. They come to an agreement before they do it, of what the conditions need to be to prove that it's true. And the candidate agrees, yeah, I can, I can perform under these conditions. Everything is fair. I'm good with this. You know, you're not being sketchy in any kind of way. And then they're not able to perform. I don't know. No one has ever successfully beat the odds of chance and been able to prove that they could, you know, be a medium or be a psychic or remote view anything accurately. So 
I mean, those things keep getting tested, even with the incentives of money, which if there was any incentive, you know, to really make people come forward, I don't know, it's just doesn't seem to work. And all of these like famous psychics and stuff are suspiciously avoiding these things. They're backing out of last minute and stuff. Makes you wonder, are they afraid of their reputation? Is it because they know that they may not be able to perform properly and prove their abilities, you know, so. Well, but back to the like brain and how much we use from our brain, there's a lot of people like, I heard it from a lot of people believe that they, uh, that the like the time you were born, the second you was born, you seen like the tape of your whole life, like until your death moment, and that's why like there's a lot of people when you see someone like someone you don't really know. Oh, I feel like I know deja you vu. or I seen you or something. Yeah, deja vu and uh, yeah, or dreams or prophetic dreams or yeah. Yeah, at the beginning of your life, maybe, and at the end of your life, you see these flashes of your whole life, and people say that you you choose your kind of your life course before you yeah learn. You choose your parents and stuff like that, and so everything's a little bit familiar. You just can't put your finger on it, but like you you know seen these people before, or and and there there's a theory that certain souls kind of stay together for a multiple lifetimes. So maybe your mom in this life was your sister in your last life, or. Yeah. Or, or your husband or like anything you know and you you carry this sort of tribe with you this collective of souls and and then you know you meet acquaintances that are new and new souls and stuff along the way but there are certain and that those are like soulmates you know that's maybe why you feel really connected to these people or their family you know and you're already just together from birth but sometimes you just have that familiar feeling you know yeah yeah. So it's that entered kind of like balls of energy that gravitate to each other, right? And yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. You think about laws of attraction too. Yeah, it could yeah. be just these traveling. I kind of think that we're all just fragments of, of one sort of energetic source, you know? So mm -hmm. I think we really are like the universe experiencing itself, you know? And uh, and there is a some degree of oneness, you know, but yeah, I don't know. The soul could be so many things. There's so many theories. Oh, yeah. It's capabilities and stuff. I, I don't know. I, there's only a few studies that are super compelling to me about astral projection. It's hard to say, you know, but, but they've definitely proven things like, like uh, you know, transmeditation and stuff like that have, have massive effects on the human brain. So yeah. also not that crazy to think, you know, if you're really meditating for a long time and and activating those larger parts of your brain that you can't maybe access information and or you know things from a different time timeline because time is all happening simultaneously you know there it's not linear the way we think of it i just feel like there's still a lot more that people got to figure out you know what i mean like um look at the psychologist that found edmr right he was just one day walking past a whole bunch of poles and as he's walking past these poles, he realized that he can go back and look at his memories. And so now um, I know a little bit about it, but not too much. Um, now, so when psychologists, if somebody has like PTSD or something, and they want to bring them back to this to this position in their life or something mm -hmm. happened, he sits there and they put these micro, uh, headphones on and it's just like beeping sounds. And then you kind of get into the state of mind where he can get into your mind 
to bring you back to that moment to relive the accident or whatever happened. You know what I mean? It's just, I feel like, uh, I just feel like there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been found out yet, but like this guy here, like, uh, if you have a chance to look up EDMR and how the person found it out and this mm -hmm. psychologist was just walking by these poles and then he figured out to do a couple of sounds and stuff to trigger the brain to go into different parts of it. You know what I mean? So it's, that's crazy. There's so, like the brain is the the brain and the ocean are the two things that we know nothing about like <laughs> pretty much nothing you know that's yeah it, it makes sense that you could trigger trigger something with the same sort of condition to jump back somewhere that's kind of what residual hauntings are right when you think of like um, like a moment getting trapped in uh, materials like in its surroundings like in the wooden beams of a home you know a traumatic like a a woman crying, you know, and her spirit just in that yeah, and then something like with the mag magnetic uh, properties, like uh, quartz or crystal or, or, yeah, or just wood, wind limestone, you know, materials, sandstone, limestone. Yeah, the quartz in it and whatnot. Yeah, we have a blog on that too, like landscapes that are kind of conducive to hauntings and types of materials that might hold in, like the stone tape theory. You know, so you've got mm -hmm. that burst of energy that happens, and then you've got it held in. And then a hundred years goes by, let's say, but then let's say so another woman who's alive, if the other one's way dead, comes in and cries in that bathroom or something. And then all of a sudden she turns and she she starts hearing this woman crying, you know, because that same emotion matched yeah. the other one and it triggered that loop to start, yeah. you know. So that's the, the weather is the same as it was on yeah. that night and it triggers the atmosphere to release that or something. That's the theory behind residual hauntings anyways things like cannonball fire things that are like ghostly but they're not ghosts right they're not actual trapped spirits they're just impressions like left yeah. like on film almost yeah it's just like a cassette uh, turned into a film, or a yeah. vhs whatever right and, uh, yeah it's just a time time loop you're just watching a moment you know a snapshot mm -hmm. like soldiers marching right and you could try and wave at the ghost or something and they're not they're going to walk right through you right they're not interactive they're not intelligent there's no actual consciousness there you're seeing like a mirage that used to exist right kind of in between worlds it's more like time travel i would say than it is like a ghost yeah, well, it, it's like watching an old movie really it's, right yeah. it's uh they're not really there and they're but they're on tape you know yeah, and, uh, yeah. Footsteps. I mean, it could be any kind of sound or a loud sound or a traumatic yeah. moment. That's, I mean, theoretically, you know, there are claims of those types of things happening. Yeah. And that's sort of what we go on. Yeah, we we could find the trigger to how to do that, like without yeah. a human doing it, you know, like um, uh, mechanically or electronically, whatever. I was, I'm me, I'm going along the lines of uh, high power uh, lasers, you know. And, so there's, uh, I'm not going to get into that today, but, uh, but that's one of the more extreme things I'm looking into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would mess with like magnetic fields a bit, try to, you yeah. know, yeah. see if that does anything, weather, temperature. Mm -hmm. I, we have no mm -hmm. idea what could possibly trigger like a moment, but if you, if oh, there are probably you multiple know, things. Millionaires, so. Yeah. Work on that. yeah. And, um, there's also I want to talk about some like historical um, people that were famous for astral projection, but also like bilocation, like being alive and being able to be have one perspective and also project their consciousness somewhere else. There was like a woman named 
yeah, Yvonne A. Majors Jesus, she was uh, a nun and she was in jail. Um, I can't remember why, but she was in prison and she apparently escaped prison by basically astral projecting out of it. And someone even saw, I think it was her son, saw her apparition at the same time at home, far away from the prison. And it was just like considered some miracle because there was no possible way she could have gotten out of prison, but she did apparently by just separating her soul and her body and then just hopping almost out. Um, There's also uh, Pythagoras, I don't know how to say his name, but I think the mathematician um, in ancient Greece, uh, he was known to bilocate. Um, and then I was thinking like that when you think about the Salem witch trials, that could have been what was happening. I don't know how familiar you guys are with Salem witch yeah. trials, but there's a million different theories of what happened. There was like a mass hysteria sort of thing mm -hmm. um, where all these people were claiming that there were spirits and attacking them and stuff. And, you know, a lot of people believe that it was like rumors basically, but there also were a lot of people seeing things. And some people think it was like the yeast and the bread that um, caused like mass hallucinations because they had a really wet farming year. Um, but I was thinking that it could have possibly been astral projection, you know, some, yeah. or uh, some type of conjuring or, you know, yeah. You know yeah. yeah. Things like that. We're just like seeing apparitions of people who are alive, you know, and mass amounts, you know, those have happened throughout history and a lot of different like religious texts, mm -hmm. you can find them. How much truth there is to that, I don't know. It's not like we really hear about those anymore in, in modern day. So you have to wonder, like, why were all these crazy supernatural things happening before and then they're not now? Mm. Were we just describing maybe all these people with sleep paralysis or, like, you know, and they didn't have the words for that. They didn't know how to explain those things yet. But, yeah, I don't know. Has anyone tried to ask for project? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> to be in my body <laughs> I'd worry I'd get lost on the way and just yeah <laughs> it's never happened to me like where I've like looked at my own body that I feel like that would freak me out so much but I know a lot of people that have said that they've like yeah. looking down at their bodies or something you know not <laughs> anything crazy happening you know even just minor accidents or like uh, you know, in their sleep or something, they just find themselves like looking at their own bodies and then boop, they're back to normal. And it's like just this random thing that sort of happened. Mm -hmm. Do you think anyone's ever been able to do that and like go into someone else's body? Like, like if they got two people and they're both doing it, but they switch. And they switch? Freaky Friday. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't had anything yet. All those stories come from a kernels of truth, right? So Probably. it might have been something close to that or something like that, but less dramatic, right? Yeah. I've seen a lot of TV shows like like try and do that kind of concept. Uh, I don't know. I feel like if, I feel like someone's probably tried it. Yeah. Humans are reckless. <laughs> Why would we try and do that? I'll look it up later and see if there's any claims of trying to do that. Mm -hmm. I know that there's like uh, supposedly a danger to astral projecting. Like once you've left your body, if someone comes and disturbs your physical body, like tries to wake you up or something, you could like be at more risk of a heart attack or something apparently. because like your body is just, it's not right without, you know, your spirit in it. And it can be really like 
startling to your nervous system and then your soul has to like snap back really quickly and like just the disorientation of it can be like dangerous you know but i would imagine there's no evidence really for that but so keep a note if you try it make sure nobody disturbs you yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you know quiet room oh i have the uh eye masks too. yeah let's take a look at it yeah i'll turn the light on real quick yeah it's very comfy actually i mean i highly suggest it if you wear eye masks while you sleep because i hate the light i'm like a vampire but um the room needs she was yeah. like, she was like ah. yeah um so i don't know if you can see that there's like a divot this it looks like a little tiny bra yeah yeah basically <laughs> is it's squishy it's like memory foam around here but it's pretty like tight up against the face like no light gets in here but it gives enough space for your eye like it's not pressed up against your eyelids you can open your eye but you just see block right exactly yeah it gives some space so you could even have your eyes open there's also like i remember when i was a kid <laughs> and i would like do all these like make yourself hallucinate without drugs sort of things where you'd watch like the spiral on the screen then you'd look and everything's like morphing and there was one where you would cut a ping pong ball in half and you would put the you know the rounded sides on each of your eyes and then you'd put a like an FM radio just to white noise. And then apparently you'd like hallucinate after a while because I guess just the cup, like the concaveness of darkness, it, it's just there's zero stimulation. It creates just a darker than dark, you know? And then white noise, there's no auditory stimulation. So your brain starts to make up stimulation by making shapes and forms and stuff. So I don't know if, you know, that might be the concept behind this, except that somehow instead of seeing made up shapes, maybe you start to see real things in the real world. I originally got these to try the visionless, you know, sight, but then I never ended up practicing it. Now that it's just my sleep mask, but. It's kind of like the, uh, the sensor, the, what is it? The hyperbaric chamber or where you're closed off. So. Tanks. I've done those too. We have one in Ottawa. But that's for uh, auditory as well. Well, all your senses really are. Right. I yeah. think I think Taylor, the next uh, investigation you should bring those. Mm -hmm. And whoever's using the headphones, it's like you can't open your eyes. You're totally yeah. focusing on uh, the spirit box or whatever. You know what I mean? So you got the you really trance. You go inwards. Yeah. You know isolate I mean? yourself. Maybe you start getting more of a of a visual sort of impression from the spirits too. If they can't use the voice, maybe they they start yeah. giving you uh, visual. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool to try. Yeah, yeah. I was watching uh, this show. It's on Netflix with the, he's a psychic, Tyler something. He's like a celebrity psychic. And yeah. I don't know if he's real or not. He seems, you know, genuine, but he has like a shed that he goes in and it's completely like dark and everything. He just sits there. There's even a mirror in it and he'll just sit there and he'll kind of scribble and, and he'll start like seeing things just in the darkness because all of it, he cuts all his senses off. So then he gets more and more impressions from the spirit world. Yeah. Like there's a few there's a few of them that do that yeah, that yeah. Them I, heard, I heard something when people are investigating with a mirror if, if they put a mirror in front and a mirror in back it does some uh it does some weird effect and like the spirits can cross through yeah you have like a mirror in front of you and a mirror in back that makes it no, no, in the middle of it no that's i i now i like that idea because i'm right now i'm working on uh uh, it's all analog, eh? but it's all 
device, different devices that measure like energy going boom, boom, back and forth from like, measuring it like uh, luminosity, right? Uh, the EMF, uh, any signal really that you want. Mm. Um, I, I like that. If we do an experiment like that, uh, I think it'd be pretty cool. Like if we well, that would be nice too. It's a really good idea. You know I mean? Yeah. And you could catch something going through both mirrors or something. Yeah. With the ghost box too, and this, like right in the middle, you're literally just like. Yeah. Yeah. Trans. That's a little terrifying. I'll be honest. Yeah, you're like I'm I don't. I don't even find that I trance like so hard with those headphones in when the ghost box is going. It's like sometimes I start to like trip out a little because I feel like I'm like falling or something like mm -hmm. I don't know my feeling in my body it gets really I get really disoriented sometimes if it's like long enough because I'm focusing so hard and it's so much white noise and it's just overstimulating a little bit and you know maybe some sort of spiritual influence too but you just start feeling like you're, you go so deep inside yourself you forget that there's like an outside world for a little while you know it's just true trance mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine with you know the eye mask I don't think I have my eyes open anyways when I do it, but. But it just helps, you know, you open it for one second, like it's pitch black, you know, yeah. otherwise you're cutting yeah. your sense of vision, right? And then you're just focusing yeah. on their sense, you know? No, so how I, I do, would do that if we do that experiment is I have like a, it's, it's almost looks like a perimeter fence, right? So we put it, I put it around uh, while, if there's two mirrors, I put it around two mirrors, right? And hook up uh, all the devices to it. And then kind of correlate with uh, if, if something, if you hear something uh, some time and then if, if it, you know, if it does, the, if it moves the dials more or less, right, because it's all analog, uh, you know, could, could back up, potentially back up uh, that those hits, right? So. Yeah, mirrors have history in every culture, I think, of having to do with the spirit world. You know? And even though we do things scientifically here, part of the job is exploring all these theoretical things, you know, mm -hmm. even if they sound crazy or they sound totally fictional, you know, like yeah. that's just, that's the job. We're working with theories here. Like we have nothing else to work with, you know, as long as we conduct them in a scientific way, as long as we test that equipment in different ways, trying to get it to be faulty, trying to see if we can stump it, trying to make sure it, you know, works. Like, how, how, big, how big would you think the mirrors would you have to be like the skinny long ones or like a rectangle or, well, um, you you would want to work with uh, ones that have the history of of uh, something happening. Remember uh, Taylor, like at Dennis's uh, place, yeah. The, the, yeah. that that like mirrors like that, you know, well, that have, they like, have a trapped. They, they're yeah. supposed to trap souls. That's right. Um, or something, right? Yeah, yeah. You can trap souls. You can see them. You can scare them away. They're portals, basically, too. Yeah. I wrote a little bit in, in this, in today's blog, actually, a little bit about mirrors and different ways you can use mirrors to actually get rid of ghosts, which is to, like, show the reflection back to them and scare them away. Um, like, masks, things like that are used to, like, scare demons away, but yeah. but you could also, they're also portals for spirits, kind of a bit of both sides, but, yeah, I would love to explore mirrors, because... I've had that personal experiences with mirrors, and mm -hmm. they've got so much folklore. I'd be interested in testing them. You know, we get a real silver mirror, you know, like a brass mm -hmm. one, and something with uh, maybe history to it, ideally. So right. So uh, yeah, 
Well, you only need history with one of them, right? So, uh, um, because the second one we could have our own, you know, like like you said, like an old silver style mirror, and then put it behind you, you know, yeah. or whatever. But have the other mirror with the activity going on, yeah. and then test that out, you know. Yeah. Well, I your eyes if you hear of any uh, haunted mirrors. Yeah. One of the ghost hunting shows I watch, they took a mirror and they blacked it out. Mm -hmm. And they said it's supposed to open up a portal for the spirits to come through or something with a blackout mirror. I don't know if it's real or whatnot, but they took this mirror and they blacked it out and they put a triangle on the back of it and a whole bunch of stuff. And they're trying to get the spirit to come out to see if it'd be active in the building. You know what it, I mean? sounds like, it sounds like they did some sort of sigil thing with like an intention. They used some sort of symbol or whatever, but right. it's weird because the blacking out, like that's usually to stop spirits. Like people cover mirrors, right? With sheets and stuff. Yeah. And that's the key in them, you know, like the opposite of a portal. So it's, it's interesting that they blacked it out because I would imagine it would have the opposite effect, but maybe it's different. Like the way that they did it, it's a different thing. It's a new show on Discovery. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's like this lady, she buys this town, and all these buildings are from a whole bunch of different places. And Essentially, it's all haunted, but the objects attract her to these weird buildings that she buys and she's putting all in the places. Hmm. So it's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting show. Oh, concept like a whole ghost town to yourself. <laughs> yeah, literally, she's got like a hundred acres and like ten buildings and. Damn. Yeah. And I think there's something wrong with the lady as well because, like, she's living there and. Uh, and she doesn't want to leave. Yeah. Sometimes that's that's what happens with like if you got a strong spiritual you know attachment it's like you're not all in reality you become drawn to these things and it's almost like they're living vicariously through you a little bit you're yeah. like partially possessed a little you know you're a little off feel connected to them and like you want to spend more time with them it's not it's not the natural instinct that I think a person would have most people would try and run away you know but sometimes if you're in too deep they get into your head you know and you start to form this weird connection mm. well like a cat lady but she just collects spirits instead of cats <laughs> yeah <laughs> who knows what happened in her life to lead her to this this could be all of our futures <laughs> a couple wrong I, I don't know if you've uh if you guys seen any any of the um the tat when we did the tattoo parlor uh josh uh she was he was asked by a, a psychic on well, ours uh, or mine, I should say, psychic on online, uh, like uh, during the live show, if he wanted to get rid of his attachments, and he said no. <laughs> yeah, it's the same with um, Aaron Goodwin from Ghost Adventures. Yeah, he's basically said that he's doing like a like an experiment of just seeing how long he can go in all these like messed up places, not mm -hmm. having any spirit cleansing. So he's never mm -hmm. been cleansed of anything the whole time mm -hmm. they've been doing this going to all these places you know and um he's just gathering like he's just collecting you know, the energy and yeah at this point i think that he just doesn't really want to you just become part of it in a really weird way you can't mm -hmm. extrapolate it you know kyle and i kind of saw that can't get too specific but with the experience that we had where someone that we know was being affected like their personality was being affected in like a really weird way uh, they didn't want to leave the building. We knew we had to get them to leave the building. That's, you know, that's what we had seen on all the shows, at least. That was the only thing we could think of to fix this was to get them off the property. 
Mm. And because it had been going on for hours and like, okay, yeah. enough, this person's like not well anymore. And like, we've documented things, but now we have to like try to help them mm. and trying to get them off the property. And they didn't want to, they wanted to stay in the house, you know? Something that to add to that is what we were talking about, mirrors. Remember the mirrors? He, yeah. he was staring into those mirrors for hours looking yeah. for something. Or, yeah, he was saying that there was something in the mirrors and we all have yeah. to look in the mirrors. And yeah. he said when he, look, when he looked in the we asked him, like, when you look in the mirrors, what do you see, you know? And he was like, my eyes are black. I don't know. There were like a million mirrors in this place. Like, yeah. Is super weird. <laughs> she's scared of mirrors at nighttime. She won't even look at a mirror at nighttime when it's dark. She yeah. like just walks right by. And she says, "Yeah, oh. <laughs> freak me out." I have to go to the bathroom and mirrors, and I just like don't look at all. I can't. I think it was Sarah who was saying she's still by mirrors. We'll have some people not part of these experiments. I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. Is anybody afraid of dolls? Those, you know how some people are afraid of dolls? Yeah, no, I'm fine with dolls. I, I would love to have like any experience with a doll. One time, like okay. it was a haunted doll, and I hauled it like the whole time during an investigation, but nothing. Yeah. Nothing because really you, you, if that's if that's so, then you'll you'll want to do the uh, tattoo. We will we can do the tattoo parlor again. And uh, I can tell you that I've heard some right out loud uh, real-time EVPs. And uh, there's a ton of those old haunted dolls. She, she, she collects Alexander. haunted dolls. Yeah, they old haunted dolls. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and other stuff. Like there's, She has a tombstone in there. You know, so, so a real the, tombstone. And then there, there you wonder if extended consciousness can then just occupy like something like a doll, you know, or an object, which is yeah. also super weird to think about. What would, like, what would incline a ghost? You know, let's say you die and then you're you're in purgatory, unfortunately. Like, what would incline you to like be on the rocking chair or something, you know, or mm. or a doll for the rest? Of, like, that doesn't really sound fun. I'd rather unless, like, yeah, it doesn't sound right unless it's a lynch, you know, like a. Um, what would you call that? Like a, a point where you can hold on to, you know? Um, yeah. Kind of like a linchpin, yeah, you know. Well, maybe it's because um, they can animate themselves. Some dolls have yeah, yeah. that help them, you know, make contact easier or something. But it's interesting to think that you can just kind of occupy, like, that everything's just like a vessel sort of, and you can pop mm -hmm. in and out of things. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, does anyone have any uh, added uh, added any anything? I think no, did, we, uh, did we talk about yeah, did, did we talk about shadow figures yet or are we gonna or um well we're a little over the hour here I mean we talked about like living apparitions you know like yeah, no, that's fine that's a whole show on its own the shadow people <laughs> yeah it could be a shadow it could be a mist I have no idea what that would present itself like probably in, as different as a ghost would you know just yeah, yeah. well it's uh I, I think it is different than uh than uh an app like a, a live not a living apparition but uh one you can yeah. make sense of right uh yeah. where it's just black and it's i, I think it's a, a, a like negative a uh negative energy not negative as in bad negative as in like uh opposite of light you know like uh like like when you take a pic the old style pictures where you got the negatives with the, the actual pictures yeah 
So that was left there, you know, that part of that. Uh, it wouldn't be the same there. as dead, you know, because you've got this cord. So there's still part of you that's attached to your body. So it could be like your operation is missing something. Yeah. Because you're not completely detached, right? It's right. not the full form of the energy. So yeah, it could mm. appear differently. It makes sense. Yeah. You know? Stronger or less strong, maybe because you've still got that life in you. So you've got right. Or you get, you're getting into the, like, fit, the, out there physics with the uh dark energy you know and and whatnot who knows eh? like, uh, yeah aren't we always mm -hmm. getting into the physics that's <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing but yeah yeah i don't know i'm gonna look into um free friday stuff after this and see if anyone recorded that because that's interesting but yeah i'd like to i'd like to before anything send me off because I'm, I'm interested you know what i mean it just like imagine people are like okay we're doing this and we're just switching bodies yeah. to the week, you know like yeah. just curious you know if people can actually project why not switch you know yeah. <laughs> there are things yeah have you heard of like shared dreams where people like report like meeting up in a dream and then they actually both report accurately like what happened i've, I've heard of that which is interesting yeah which mm -hmm. is that has to be sort of like astral projection, right? Because yeah. if you're not in your figment of your imagination, you're in some sort of objective reality because both people saw the same thing, experienced the same thing from two different beds. Then that has to be some shared reality, which yeah. makes it objective in some way, you know? Yeah. I've actually had a, a mutual dream. Maybe I'll say that story for another time. Mm. It was super crazy. I had the exact same dream as someone else the very soon night, very same moment. Same dream, and we saw we both saw Robin Williams in our dream. He was a bus driver in both of our dreams, and he died that that night. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah. So I don't know. I believe in mutual dreams, obviously, because there's no way I could ever explain that. Um, mm -hmm. And that has to be some sort of shared, like extended consciousness. You know, mm -hmm. it can't be like Winston. That'd be insane. But mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So. Astral projection is like such a broad term for like a million different things that could possibly happen, I guess, but mm -hmm. super fascinating. Yeah, for sure. There you go. Cool. Well, I don't have anything else to add. If anyone else knows. We're all going to try it tonight. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, thank you guys all for joining me. Thank you to everyone watching. Yeah, and then uh, we'll keep you posted what's going on next month and hopefully see some new faces, some familiar ones. And uh, I did want to, before we leave the uh, the air, I guess, um, what, when would everybody be able, or most of us, be able to do an investigation? Because I can then contact uh, Leah from uh, the, the um, ink and iron tattoo mm. yeah, that would be a perfect start we're at the end of june we're available okay i don't know if you guys can hold off that long but oh yeah okay yeah. I mean, uh, there's a few people who aren't available for the summer we'll take this over in the group checks we don't yeah. really edit these <laughs> i just wanted to put it put the bug in the ear so <laughs> i have a calendar where i'm blocking everyone's like availability off so i can see if there's okay. at least most people are available yeah and post-summer kind of thing. We'll focus on podcasts throughout the summer if we have to. Mm -hmm. People are really busy and we'll do, you know, the blogs and we'll just, you know, interact a bit with, with our followers yeah. and stuff. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Have a good night, everyone. And thanks yeah. for watching.
Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye.